to Enter the Glory Zone with me, Dr. Edith Davis, on 94.1 FM, Wave 94. Spiritual believers and listeners, I just, as you know, I've been talking about power, 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 power and authority and how we walk in this power and authority. And I have picked up, I have increased um, my praying in tongues and asking for interpretation because I want this power. I want to be able to, to be used by God to help others and to help myself too. So during this time of praying, God opened up the door for me to go to Washington, D.C. at a conference sponsored by the National Science Foundation on the geosciences. And it's really important because only 1.8% of, of minorities um, make up Geoscientists in the United States of America So I'm one of those 1.8% And so we're trying to increase that And the geosciences Are just They're so important to our To our our world Our nation I mean you know, oceanography, geology um, Geophysics I mean all these wonderful um, Sciences And we are Losing Um these these people, right? We're losing these um, opportunities um, with walking in power. Why? Because we don't understand that we must become living sacrifices. Now, we have to be very careful. And when you become a living sacrifice, you have to be extremely careful and make sure that you are in the word, that you are surrounded by godly counsel, that you have the leading of the Holy Spirit and things like that. Because unfortunately, Satan has wiped out quite a few believers who basically were trying to be living sacrifices. And I I want to just share um, Andrew Womack's um, story, one of the teachers that I sit under. And basically, Andrew Womack was sitting under um, a pastor who was basically teaching heretical teachings, was not in line with God's word. But because he was a pastor and trusted, um, Andrew Womack accepted a lot of his teachings and one of his teachings was this very shy young man who wanted to be able to bring people to Christ, but he was so shy. So he prayed that he would come down with a disease and that, and that when it was over, you know, his friends would be brought to Christ Jesus. So immediately after he prayed this prayer, he came down with leukemia. And of course he died and four of his friends Basically came to Christ Well Andrew took that At real to real at the time To his um, girlfriend at the time And she listened to that doctrine And she prayed the same prayer And guess what She came down with leukemia She died And basically her Some of her friends were brought to Christ Well that's not of God God don't have to kill you To bring People to his kingdom Matter of fact he wants you to live For him 
right? He wants you to be a living sacrifice. And so I was really, you know, seeking um, what God wanted me to do. This opportunity opened up for me to go to D.C. And then the, the opportunity opened up for me to go to San Francisco. And I was wondering what was going to happen. Well, I had a supernatural experience prior to leaving for D.C. where I guess the flowers we identified them now as crepe myrtles, fuchsia color crepe myrtles and golden stars were in my bedroom. And then when I got to Washington, D.C., once again, the fuchsia colored crepe myrtles were on these golden curtains in my hotel room in Washington, D.C., and then when I got to San Francisco, I actually was sitting in front of fuchsia colored crepe myrtles for real. So I knew that God was letting me know that I was at the right place at the right time doing exactly what he wanted. And one of the interesting things was I was very blessed to um, meet up with um, my one of my mentors who had been very kind to me at Stanford and um he took me out to lunch at the faculty club, and it was just wonderful, you know, just reminiscing and talking about everything. But the other interesting thing that came out of it was, you know, when it was time to eat lunch, I was so used to just having, saying prayers, holding hands, saying prayers. It was just me. And I was looking at my um, my mentor's life. And it's, he's such a blessed man. He's got a beautiful wife and beautiful children and four beautiful granddaughters and a house on the Stanford campus and, and a house in the vineyard. Um, and I mean, retired after, you know, 38 years in, in a department. I mean, just a wonderful life. But when he did not pray, I was thinking to myself, I said, well, Lord, is this why you sent me here? But I want my life to radiate Christ Jesus so much. I don't have to say a word. People just look and say, I want what you've got. That's kind of where I am right now. And then once again, um, I got to San Francisco. We went out to dinner, six people at the table. I was the only one that prayed. And I'm like, okay, God, you know, I, I just, I just want to radiate Christ Jesus because when you're dealing with a population of intellectuals and some of them are atheists and things like that, you have to be very careful how you present the gospel to them. And first of all, you've got to be invited. You've got your light has to shine where they want to know, not you stuffing it down their throats. So this was a um, a wonderful experience for me. I um, learned a lot. I learned a lot about myself. I didn't cave in. I kept on praying, and um, but I was not obnoxious about it. I didn't try to stuff anything down anybody's throat. I I just walked my walk and lived my truth and my life. And I was not in the prime physical health. Now, I was a lot better because I, you know, I really wanted to have a lot more mobility when I went on this trip. And I did. But I still had, um, you know, I couldn't walk extremely long distances and things like that. And, you know, at, in California, especially Southern, I mean, uh, Northern California, they're very health conscious. 
you know, walking and taking a bike and eating properly. I mean, that's where I got introduced to um, bean sprouts was when I was, and avocados was when I was in um, Northern California working on my master's at Stanford. So I, I got to see power meekness, which is power under the control of God. And it's a meekness is the kind of power God wants us to walk in. This is the kind of power that Jesus walked in, right? Um, it's not about showing off or, or, you know, letting everybody know I got power. No, it's about being humble and, and listening to the voice of God, listening to the Holy Spirit and doing exactly what God has ordained us to do. Um, it is my hope that um, that I did leave an imprint, planted some seeds for Christ Jesus, but it was under meekness. I was not obnoxious. I did not try to proselytize people there because they're all intellectuals, so they know about Jesus in an intellectual way. But I did demonstrate that God is a part of my life and and that I cannot live without him, right? So now as I enter into the school year, I had my first class yesterday and there was, um, a, you know, a lot of different students and, you know, I was excited about the opportunity to um, be used by God to um, help people um, understand and learn about geosciences and earth and space science in particular. So obviously I'm, I want to do everything to the glory of God. I, I want to bring God glory and honor and pleasure as I teach um, my class this semester. So, one of the interesting things um, that happened on this trip was I had an opportunity to really kind of just be by myself and to um, reflect on where I am and, and where I'm going. And it is important that we take at least one day a week to rest and to be focused on Christ Jesus, Daddy God, you and Lord God, Holy Spirit. And I got that opportunity to do that Saturday uh, morning. I was supposed to go with one of my good friends, Ira, who is a painter. And I was supposed to go look at his artwork. But in my spirit, I felt like I need to sit tight in the hotel room rest and meditate on God's word and find out exactly what is my trajectory now. So it was wonderful to have that time um, where I wasn't being pulled on by my son and my daughter and I'm my mom and, you know, because I'm kind of the head of the household now and so I have to look after my mom and my and my son and daughter are young adults, but as you know, parents, 
just because they're young adults don't stop you from being their parent and trying to still guide them and and to wisdom, insight, and understanding. So it was a really wonderful time. And I got to see and talk to, you know, everybody that I wanted to talk to there. I um, was able to uh, have lunch with my mentor, and I was able to, at Stanford Faculty Club, and I was able to um, do my um, responsibilities in San Francisco with uh, the university there. And um, I got to see my mentee, um, Dr. Michelle Williams, awesome, awesome, and her wonderful husband, Jeff, who's an, like an investment banker, and their beautiful daughter, Jaden. So I got to spend time with them and have dinner with them the next that next day. And um, and then I got to talk to my good friend, Meridad. And, you know, although he travels, travels, travels with for his company, um, he he um, it was good just to talk to him and see how he's doing and hear about his children, his wife and his kids, and you know his daughters um, at Harvard Medical School and his other daughter is doing well and I think working in Washington D.C. So it's just it was just wonderful just catching up with family and friends. And also when I was in D.C., I got to see my eldest uncle. Um, he's 98 years old, and he is, mine is sharp, can walk, um, wealthy and healthy. You know, it's just awesome to see him um, at 98 years old. And then um, got to see my wonderful cousins, Grace and Tommy and spend time with them and my cousin Ray Palmore, who's a pastor in the Baltimore area. It's just, it was just wonderful, wonderful. And my cousin and his daughter, um, Katrina. So I was just overwhelmed with the blessing of fellowship with family and friends. I did not get to see my mentor, Juliet, but I did get an opportunity to talk to her or text her and kind of catch up and then actually talk to her later because she was out of town. And then my I had another good friend who I at one time was the ambassador um, to the United States from the Bahamas. But he, um, Sydney, um, he basically left and went back to the Bahamas exactly when I arrived in Washington, D.C. But we at least got to chat and say hello. So I am excited about what God is doing with us. And I just want to say that God is, God is faithful and he has a plan for each and every one of us. A good, a good plan, right? A good plan. This this actual journey that I'm going through with the power of God, the authority and power of God is, I think, very critical to the body of Christ right now. I, we are in our the third great awakening. Um, we just got a notice from um, Andrew Womack that God has told him that it's something bigger than he even could imagine is about to happen. And what is an what is an awakening? Some people don't even know what an awakening is, but basically, it's revivals all over 
the nation or all over the world. Um, you have the, all these revivals um, popping up, and it's it's basically the world is being awakened to the good news about Christ Jesus that He died for our sins. We're being awakened to the kingdom and the and the practices and of the kingdom of God. And we're getting prepped and ready for the um, millennial, which is where the reign of the government is over and Jesus will reign as king for a thousand years. Um, we're getting ready for the rapture where the body of Christ, those who believe are taken up to have the marriage supper of the Lamb for about seven years while the world on earth um, goes through trials and tribulations. So there's a lot of uh, major, major things that are going on, and God needs His people to become mature Christians, to be living sacrifices, to walk in wisdom, insight, understanding, and knowledge the spirit of the Lord and the quick understanding and the fear of the Lord. Yes, God is basically walking and having us walk in this, this, this latest journey of walking in his authority and his power. Because if we don't demonstrate authority and power after the preaching of the gospel, then what, how are we different from anybody else? This is, this was what happened with our Lord Christ Jesus. He would teach. And after he taught, there were signs and wonders. The lepers were healed. People were raised from the dead. He fed 5,000. He walked on water. He spoke to the storm. He basically walked in the authority and power that was given to us in the beginning of time before the fall. And so he came to planet Earth to demonstrate and to show us how we are to occupy, how we are to use our words, in particular, the words of God. Well, I was having an interesting conversation with my Godfather. And, you know, of course, everybody knows the scripture, God's word does not come back void. But there's also a scripture that talks about if you mix the traditions of men with God's word, then you make God's word of no effect. And so how can we have both these teachings in the word and both be true? Well, they're true because they're both true because God's word does not come back void for those who believe his word and walk in his word. So that's kind of God has always had the free will card out there. You have to choose him. You have to choose the more abundant life. You have to choose the blessed life. You got to choose it. And, and so when you mix other things in with 
God's word, and God don't doesn't need you to mix anything with his word. He needs you to believe him and receive the promises that he has given us. And so this is where we have the dis- discrepancy where we have people, so, you know, supposedly there, and they probably are Christians and they probably are, but they have some, some, um, misdirected information, some incorrect doctrine, some incorrect teaching that is in their lives, which makes the word of God of no effect in their lives. Uh, one of, one of the, um, the doctrines is the uh, extreme um, doctrine of where God is basically sovereign. Well, of course God is sovereign. Of course, with a snap of his finger, he could just start all over. Yes, he's sovereign. But once again, God operates where we have what? Free will. So... So when people say, well, it is God's will that I have cancer or it is God's will that I lost my baby or it's God's will that I lost my spouse. That's not God's will. God wants you to have the abundant life. This is Satan. This is his world that the Adams gave to him and he corrupted it. So what we need to understand is, is that we must, we must obey God's word, but not in the sense of being legalistic, but because we love him. Matter of fact, um, my Godfather and I were talking about this. You want to just walk in the spirit. If you walk in the spirit, if you walk under the power of the Lord God, Holy Spirit, you automatically are walking in obedience. You don't even have to think about it, right? You automatically are walking in obedience. And so as I work through this, work through this, this latest journey that I am going through uh, with my physical body, with my mind, will, and emotion, and my spirit, I understand that I have power, that I have authority. And, and we as people of God need to sit under the correct teachings. And that's, and the way you know you got correct teaching is the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all things that are good, that are pleasing to God. Right? So as I, um, Meditate on this trip that I just went on and pray that I brought glory, honor, and pleasure to the Father. I pray that I brought glory, honor, and pleasure to my Lord and Savior, Yahshua, Mashiach, Christ Jesus. Pray and pray that I brought glory, honor, and pleasure to Ruha HaKadosh, Lord God, Holy Spirit. I want us all to walk in authority and power. And it is essential if we're going to be mature Christians in God that we become living sacrifices, but be extremely careful 
of who you let speak into your life when you're doing that because you don't want to end up um, to be roadkill for Satan, right? So because he doesn't care, he doesn't care how he does it, but he will take the best intentions of of people and use it against them sometimes. Back to that story about Andrew Womack. Well, his girlfriend died, and guess what? The man didn't stop. He was after Andrew Womack. He spoke over Andrew Womack and said that he was going to be in a coma for eight years, and that, and then he's going to come out of it and do great exploits for the kingdom and. And the enemy sent his emissaries um, to, he walked into a gas station several miles away from that city. And this witch walked up to him and said, you, what you heard was true. You are going to go in a coma and blah, blah, you know. And he goes, where did that come from? How does she know that? Well, you know, we have familiar spirits. That's what all I'm going to say on that. And then he um he was sitting right across from the man as he was he had all kind of diseases he was he was pretty messed up himself and him uh, Jamie and Andrew were sitting across from him and Andrew almost received this this awful awful thing when the when Satan messed up and the man said and God had me fast from reading the word of God for the past eight years. Well, Andrew, well, you know, he wasn't a rocket scientist, he said, but he knew this much. God will not tell you to fast from his word for eight years. So he stood up and he said, I rebuke this. I don't receive this. And that's what saved Andrew Young's life. Andrew Young is now teaching over five billion people the word of God. Um, we would have never heard of Andrew Womack if this had not, if he had not been turned around in time. And just like his um, girlfriend, he would have died too. But you got to be careful just because somebody is a pastor, just because somebody is an evangelist, just because somebody says they're an apostle, just because somebody says they're a teacher. You got to test the spirit. And if it's not in line with God's holy word, if it's not in line with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you need to kick it to the curb because it's a way of Satan um, making inroads into your life to destroy you. And then, and the other thing that I thought was really um, important, you know, so that I can become a mature Christian and and I can walk in. Fellowship, you know that a lot of people don't seem to understand this. I'm talking about believers. Um, is that okay? So God cannot tolerate sin. He can't be around sin. It's this. It's he's holy, and that's why Jesus, His Son, died and gave His blood. So all those who accept. Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior accept his blood for the forgiveness of their sin are now a new creature, new creation in Christ Jesus. And that old man, that old man is dead and gone. So you're saying, well, why am I still sinning? Well, your mind has to be renewed. Your mind has been programmed by the old man. So you've got to de- 
deprogram your your mind so and get it in alignment with God's word and eventually you but you can you can resist sin because you don't have the old nature anymore you are a new creation in Christ Jesus so one of the interesting things that that came out of this though is that because I because I want to be a new creature, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I want to be a mature Christian. Then I, I have to understand how the relationship of sin works. Now, this is where people get confused. God, we don't have to worry about sin. People don't go to heaven or hell because of sin. People go to heaven or hell because they're either forgiven. You go to heaven or you're unforgiven. You go to hell. It has nothing to do with sin. If you accept Christ Jesus, your Lord and Savior, that's not the issue for God, for God, right? So God, so God is not about sin for us in our relationship with God, the vertical relationship. But this is the deal with sin. When we were born again, we were sealed by the Holy Spirit. We're a new creation in Christ Jesus, right? So, because we're a new creation in Christ Jesus and we're sealed by the Holy Spirit, our new spirit man and woman, which is Christ Jesus spirit, is also in there with us, right? Brought by the Holy Spirit. We can't be touched. Our spirit man can't be touched. It will stay pure. It will stay clean. It will stay in alignment with God because God is holy. The issue for us is our body and our souls. So when you sin, it messes up your relationship with mankind. It messes up your relationship with your spouse if you have if you have an affair. It messes up your relationship with your um, um, your boss if you're stealing from the company. Right? All of this is critical, and we need to understand that sin is a problem as far as our um, our bodies and our souls Okay So I just want to um, Close this out By saying I'll, I'll talk more about this Romans 10 9 That is if you confess with your mouth The Lord Jesus and believe in your heart That God has raised him from the dead You will be saved Thank you once again for joining me On Enter the Glory Zone On 94.1 FM Wave 94 to be